This is the new G.I. Joe Havoc. Nothing's too tough for Havoc. Nothing's too rough for Havoc. Look, Cobra Ferrets! After! Yo, Joe! Cobra's got to face much more than Havoc. But Havoc's on the go. Cause out of Havoc comes a big surprise that gives more firepower to G.I. Joe. G.I. of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Havoc comes with driver, other Joe and Cobra figures and equipment sold separately. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, I have been very, very busy the past few weeks just with the kids and summertime and everything, but welcome to the beginning of, I guess, season three of, of Gilmy Talks. Welcome. I got a... I got a few different things planned planned this year, which is is pretty cool. Hope I really hope everybody likes them. Um, I'm going to be reaching out to new guests as well as some some old time old time uh, favorites like Tom's there. Tom's there. Tom is definitely definitely coming back. And this week's episode, I have Jeff Goodridge on, which. I think it's perfect timing considering that G.I. Joe, it's been 35 years to plus a day since the original the original show came on and we talk a lot about G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, 80s, 80s goodness and 80s toys as well as the first 10 minutes we got we got to talk 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 about the mar- marijuana becoming legal in this uh, province which is pretty pretty cool uh, with some interesting uh, interesting aspects with with that and Jeff has some some definite de- definite clear ideas how how that can act, actually work out pro- properly uh, first thing going to get some some of the ads in just going to say uh, Tabby Lynn is sponsoring it again so go check her out on on the Sensi page uh, this month she's actually doing a fundraiser for all of September guys so go check out her at, out out a Facebook page make sure that uh, that Gilmi talks to center and new advertiser for this for this year uh, the love shop yes the love shop guys so if you need need any any toy toys for uh, for adult adult play playtime, go check out the out 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 the uh, uh, love shop guys and and have have yourself a a wonderful time. And I just want to say once again, thank you very much for for sticking with me. This is year number three coming up in or uh, is it year number two? No, I think it's number number three. Yeah, 2016 December started started this thing, so I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been listening to to me. Thank you very much to the new listeners. Thank you for the five star five star review on uh, on on iTunes. I just got appreciate it a lot. If you want to help sponsor the show at all in a free free way, just go on go on iTunes, drop a a five star review. Just just even say say something like nice show and it'll actually help out the podcast a whole bunch it'll get me advertised shown to other people who may may enjoy the show and here's a here's a jeff hope 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 you guys will enjoy the show thanks good morning good evening good night hi there guys this is gilmy again and i have jeff goodridge finally on the on the podcast welcome jeff you mean finally why why is it finally (laughs) was was this like hotly requested or um i have got a couple a uh, couple requests yes really no really? shit i've only ever actually done i think like two or three other podcasts so <laughs> i mean you? i'm not complaining don't get me wrong by no means am i complaining i just uh it's nice to know that people that people were interested in what i had to say that's all cool so what's up with you man uh not much just summertime relaxing working a lot actually just i uh, hear you buddy I hear you. I was doing the same thing until Doug Ford decided he was going to start playing with legalization. So you know. Yeah. Let's not get into that though. Actually, let's. Hey. You want to? Sure. We yeah. can talk politics. You want to talk a little? Well, I don't want to go too deep on this, but. Oh no, no. Um, it just sure. um, as you know, I'm not much of a part part. I'm not much of a partaker. Every, You're not a medicine every, man. No, it's not really really my thing. But I'm not I'm not really much of a drinker either. So it just. 
when I'm when I'm out 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 once in a while. I very much see a need a need for this, but so you'll token you'll you're you're a random toker. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I'll be honest with you. I spent the better part um, of I would say probably a year and a half working um, in illegal dispensaries, and I mean that's I think it's fair enough to say now. Um, we're heading towards uh, we're heading towards legalization now, so I guess we can basically all just say what we've been doing for the past little while. And I mean, it is what it is. But um, I've always supported the legalization um, from the fact that I, I got myself pretty heavily injured when I was in my mid twenties. Um, as a lot of people know, I blew my ankles. Uh, one of them was shattered, and I had to have it surgically repaired. I've got a plate and thirteen screws in my leg. Yada yada yada. If if you don't know the story, I'm sure it's available on other podcasts too. Not that you should be listening to other podcasts other than Kill Me, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, although I will put over Scotty O'Shea's and see he he does a hell of a job. So yeah, I mean, my whole thing was is that my my story basically is. When I left the hospital after a couple of weeks, the doctor basically gave me two scripts. One was for perks and one was for oxys. And I thought, okay, I've never had these before, but my mom had had an extensive surgery um, on her knees and she had taken them and I hadn't noticed at the time that she had developed a problem with them. She now is not so much, I wouldn't even say so much as that it's a problem, but she certainly enjoys being on the perks sets if she has the option, you know what I mean? But, I mean, this is the thing. So I, I took my my two that I was supposed to take. I was sitting on my computer in my parents' basement. I was like 24, 25 years old, and um, maybe 26 even. But I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden I realize I've got to go to the bathroom. And I've been home for two days from the hospital um, after shattering my ankle and having them piece it back together. I was able to limp myself to the bathroom, stand there and pee, and limp back to my desk. And in that moment, I came to a realization that I don't want anything to do with this shit. Because straight up, I knew, I was like, okay, there's no way that I should have been able to limp with a full cast to the bathroom and back. Like, we're talking we're talking a distance. So at that point, I literally flushed the rest of them down the toilet. I stopped taking them. And I started looking into uh, alternative medications. Um, and that's really where I've been at otherwise. Um, so yeah, I spent not only the time researching it, but I spent time working in dispensaries and helping some people get medications and get the things that they needed to make their lives a little bit better. So I, I'll openly admit that there were some people that were dealing with um, some harder substances that were coming in and saying, well, I don't want to be smoking crack. And in Hamilton, unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not telling tales out of school, um, there's a crack problem in this fucking city. There's a crack problem in this city. There's a there's uh, opioid problems and there's there's other things. But I mean, crack is pretty significant in the city. So I mean, based on that alone, I know for a fact that I was able to get one guy smoking more weed than he was the other shit, and he seemed to be functioning a lot better. So I'll take that. I mean, as far as where things are going in the next little bit, I'm I'm terrified, man. Um, I I think what the government is doing as far as legalization is not actually legalization. It seems as though British Columbia may have a good grasp on how they want to do this. Alberta also does. Um, I think Ontario started off with a really stupid plan, and I think it's continued to progress into stupidity. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I know Doug Ford is talking about allowing for private dispensaries. That's a benefit. Uh, like it's definitely beneficial for everybody. I mean, as far as being able to purchase and whatnot. But I would suggest that it's probably short-sighted in the fact that these guys are all going to have to kiss the ring and pay up hard to the government before they're allowed to run. And the people that were charged and busted for dispensing during this gray period of time, uh, or this gray area time period. Um, I think that's going to be really strange, too. Um, I definitely don't think that those people are going to be allowed to play the game, and they should be allowed to, absolutely, by all means. Because so. a lot of uh, a lot of those those people are actually helping helping others. There's a there's a nice place in London, uh, Cannabis Culture. It's been yeah, open. absolutely. I know Cannabis yeah. Culture. I know Mark Emery very well. Yeah, he's been. Those guys have been have been opening open and functioning in in London perfect perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, and I mean here's the thing, man. Perfectly honest, um, I, I love cannabis culture. When they were open here in Ham- 
for a short period of time. I was a, I was uh, definitely a, a customer, and I purchased, and they were more than willing to be open and honest and helpful with things that would help me get to the right space. Um, I got a chance to work with a girl named Danielle McRae, who had been working at the Church Street Cannabis Culture before she moved to Hamilton. And uh, she taught me so much about working in dispensaries and just how much I was able to, to learn from her was just really amazing. Uh, and she was one of Mark Emery's protégés from the early days. So um, really cool chick. And it's a really cool industry to be part of. Um, it's just with all the, the crap that was going on, the last shop that I worked at, um, my boss was looking to sell the shop. And I basically, I wasn't in the future plans, which is fine. I mean, it's, everybody can decide to do what they want to do. But I will notice, I will mention that that shop is now closed. And then it seemed as though their business kind of tanked after I left, but I don't know, whatever. I, I'm not going to sit here and bury guys that don't matter. Um, the important thing here is that, like I said, I support the cause. I think everybody should at least, if you're not willing to smoke marijuana or vaporize marijuana or whatever, that's fine. Don't judge anybody else for it. Like, I mean, we're all just trying to get by and the world sucks enough as it is right now. What with, I mean, the Trumps and the Trudeaus and the the other weirdos that are running this planet and telling us how live lives are supposed to be lived. I mean, it just, sometimes I think that we'd all just be a lot better if we all just lived on an Island somewhere. We're all just smoking a whole bunch of weed. <laughs> Nothing to get done, but I mean, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, but, uh, well, I, but I'm a lot happier for at least a little while. Well, back to, uh, I, I, Island life when, yeah, when, whenever anyone mentions Island, I always think of uh, the time Keith Richards fell out of a coconut tree at like seventy-two. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I, like honestly, that guy. I saw a meme the other day where it's like, uh, "This is Keith Richards and his two daughters. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll get everything. Uh, he'll get everything they own when they die." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, maybe." Like, who fucking knows? That guy is just—it's like his veins were like pre-embalmed, so he just can't die can't be killed by conventional means <laughs> no he just um he's uh pickled let's just let's just let's just say that <laughs> yeah but i mean it, he's another guy that points out a very good point where it's just like the money that you've spent fighting marijuana and the money that you've spent fighting all these other drugs and really all you could have been doing is just looking into into marijuana and how much benefit benefit it really has for people i mean here's the thing rob van dam's coming to the hamilton comic-con in october or at least he's scheduled to i really hope he shows up yeah. um i know that hamilton comic-con has a, a history of people being signed and then bailing at the last minute um it's a steady with those guys but i mean it is what it is it's a comic-con thing so my big thing is i'm really hoping that rob van dam shows up and that he i get a chance to just be able to have this very same conversation with him. He was the dude that got me basically when I started looking into all of the all of the stuff as far as what I'm going to need to medicate. Uh, one of the articles that I read was actually from Greg Oliver's Slam site, and it's about basically an interview with Rob Van Dam about the the amount of marijuana that his wife ex wife now I guess Sonia was taking for when she was dealing with cancer. And I, from there, I just started reading a whole bunch of other stuff, and it just it gave me a whole other perspective on things. And I'll be perfectly honest, my significant other is dealing with a, a really severe case of MS. And if it wasn't for cannabis, I'm sure that a significant portion of her life would not be the way it is right now. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, because of uh, the CB, I think it's called CBDs? Yep, CBDs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, marijuana is made up of two awesome things, CBDs and THC. THC is, is the psychoactive component. Um, CBDs are your cannabidols that are doing all of the, um, the pain-free stuff. So it's working on your inflammation. It's working on um, cell problems. It's working on, and it's a million different things. And there's different levels of CBDs, different numbers of CBDs. But I mean, the bigger problem here is that, like, or not problem actually, the bigger thing here is just the variety of different things that it's affecting now. We're seeing that there's affecting uh, cancer cells. We're seeing there's been studies at USC Berkeley that they're saying now is um, affecting Alzheimer's patients and, and slowing the disease down. I mean, that in itself, spectacular. Yeah. So, and yeah, let's get off the dope, though, man. I, just, <laughs> I, I don't want to sit and sit on the green 
box all day long. If I wanted to do that, I could uh, I, I could go protest in front of a uh, in front of a government building. That's, that's I know. Not my game. I know. I know. It's a good time. I got, it's a good time. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for supporting the cause. I'm all for for waving the flag and banging the drum. But it gets to a point where, like, even I'm just like, yeah, everybody's heard me bitch about it enough, and I, I you know, whatever. Let's yeah. talk wrestling. Yeah, that's first uh, first question right right now. Do you think wrestling as a whole is the hottest it's actually been in like the past decade? I did, I did. Oh yeah, I'd say? yeah. Um, but specifically independent wrestling. I yeah. think right now, um, indie wrestling is probably doing the best it's ever done. Um, I just recently, I think it was Kate Side Seats or something. I read an article, an interview that Kevin Owens had done where he was just going on and saying that he was really happy that he's working at WWE. He doesn't want to go back to the indies, and he remembers what it was like when he left. But at the same time, he's seeing all the benefits that these guys who aren't working at WWE are receiving. And I think that matters. Um, I think that has a lot to do, that says a lot about the independent contractors that are part of pro wrestling. Now, um, this is the thing. Here in Ontario, it's a little bit different than it is in the States. Um, I guess that there's probably, there's got to be some bitching back and forth between promotions in the States, but... I don't know if it's nearly as bad as like the Toronto Hamilton divide, and you know maybe even because you're in London, right? So I yep. mean, even uh, even you guys are probably seeing some divide out that way as well. Less guys from say, like you're seeing the stead the steadies, like the Ethan Pages and your Josh Alexanders and your Carter Masons. Those guys are making the rounds because they're all on the bubble to be signed anytime. But, I mean, you guys aren't seeing the rip impact as much in London. You guys don't see... Um... Actually, in London, we get Smash, and that's it. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Yeah. It's... Um, so H... You're literally getting the Toronto product, basically. Yeah. HR, um, HRT because... kind of uh, killed the killed London, London for us until Smash started coming about a year ago. Yeah. I was at that yeah. first hardcore road trip show. Um, yeah, same. Met you were there. That was beneficial. I think that was first time we met yeah and then um the second show kind of kind of hurt things a little bit yeah the second show kind of killed killed london for i think three years before right. another yeah um, hey for what i yeah. hear mark anderson's not that uh he's not working anymore so i guess that's beneficial as well for for london then yeah. but i mean this is the thing man um alpha one is stretching out now from everything i see there they work oshawa more often now they just did a show up towards colburn ontario i think um Johnny Wave lives up that way. And they're also doing shows in St. Catharines. So, I mean, they're clearly spreading out. My only thing with Alpha One versus Smash is, is that at the end of the day, and this comes from the book of Paul Heyman or the book of most other independent, like, small-time promoters who did well at, at some point or another, the only thing that matters is TV. Um, now, streaming, sure. Streaming sure matters. But I don't know that it matters as much to wrestling fans as everybody's kind of making it out to be. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I mean, I was wrong when I said to people that, like, this Netflix thing where they're sending DVDs to you and you send them back, uh, it was going to be a fad. But, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, this is the thing. If you don't have steady TV and you don't have, like, an actual company backing you to support these things, at some point it is going to bottom out. And at some point that money disappears. Smash is working with the Fight Network, and yep. like it or not, Fight Network is owned by Anthem Sports, which also owns Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I would suggest that, like, likely, Impact will just start drawing talent from um, from Smash Wrestling, and in turn, probably from Destiny as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you probably, do you watch Impact? I don't watch the show. Um, I watch Impact once a month. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I don't know this specifically, and I don't want to go on a big thing. But um, Ethan Page. Somebody told me Ethan Page worked there. Now, like my understanding is, is that he was there like a couple of episodes. He was. He's like Abyss's brother, who's a lawyer. Is this? This is. This is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I. Has he been, has he I been think back so. since then? Because this was like months ago. Uh, I have not seen him on 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 that on that show. Okay, and show, that's fine. Show since. My my only point that I'm gonna make is this: that guy is hit and miss with Destiny. 
with Destiny, then I would suggest that he's probably even now more so hit and miss with Impact. When you just had Josh Alexander tear the shit out of Sammy Callahan, and you also had Josh Alexander show up and work that great match on the TV taping as well with with Petey Williams or Matt Seidel, Matt yeah. Seidel, I think. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like, I think when it comes down to it, you're looking at guys who are working more at Smash that are probably going to get those options, and Josh seems to work um, at Smash a little bit more than, um, like, I mean, he's still working at Alpha One. He seems to work everywhere, actually. He's he's in a very good position that way that he's he's not burned any bridges so much. No. Um, uh, I've totally seen I've seen I've seen Josh. <laughs> I've seen Josh Alexander um, pretty much on every every company I've seen or I I yeah. follow. The majority of the Ontario companies would book a Josh Alexander if you had the option of it. I would, yeah, I would because he's he's. I mean, I just awesome. I just sent a tweet out to Dave Lagana the other day, um, who's a former SmackDown writer and is working with Billy Corgan on the NWA thing, mm-hmm. um, basically saying that Josh Alexander, Carter Mason, um, were were ready to go yesterday. Like yeah. you could have put them on TV yesterday, and I, I just I agree with that. Josh and I aren't friends by any means. I don't even think he he likes me. Um, but I mean, I I know talent when I see it, and I know like that guy, he he's a fucking workhorse, and, and that guy deserves for for whatever for whatever my opinion matters. I I would suggest that that guy's ready for TV tomorrow. Yeah, Josh Alexander can have a good match with anybody. Yeah, literally. I would suggest if you if you were asking me right now, like if I was, if I had some magical ticket that I could hand to a bunch of guys to say, okay, they're then they're ready to go to Florida, like to Orlando, or they're ready to go to Impact and be on TV next week. I would suggest that it's probably Josh Alexander, Carter Mason, uh, perhaps Kobe Durst, who I also put over to Dave Lagana as well, um, RJ City. Um, Probably the Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, the, the Super Smash Brothers. I yep. would suggest both of them are probably ready. Um, I don't watch a lot of the, the guys from Montreal, so I don't I don't feel I'm not trying to disrespect them, but at the same time I don't wanna I don't wanna mention a bunch of names and then be, be incorrect. Team Tabernacle seems pretty good from what I've seen. I I'm always a fan of tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um and of course, like if Shawnee Mo was was healthy, I would say in a second that Shawnee Mo should have been the guy having the the crazy no holds barred match with with Sammy Callahan. That would have been amazing. Like that would have been un- you couldn't have aired it on television. It would have gotten so violent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. These guys were all. I'm in a position now where I, I'm kind of looking at it from an outsider's point of view. I don't work at a whole lot of companies anymore. Although that being said, I am. Um, at Chaos for Canines in September um, at the Rock Pile in Etobicoke, and I am at Pro Wrestling Ontario in October uh, for the Steel Cage match between Matt Grant and the grinder Mark Shaw. So, I mean, and I have been doing commentary with Pro Wrestling Ontario uh, since their inception, uh, which is on powerbomb.tv if anybody's interested in checking that out. And I do suggest that you check it out. It's It's been good shows. The crowds are, are growing slowly. Uh, we're getting there. I think it's it's a slow burn in Burlington, but um, it's coming along nicely. I think because uh, PWO is the, the only one in in Burlington, so they're starting a they're starting a market from scratch. Sure, absolutely, and I would suggest that it's a tough market. Don't get me wrong; yeah. um, it's it's not the easiest market to crack. Um, but I will also suggest that we are giving them the best that we've got at uh, given the the talent we have access to. Um, I know there's been some discussions about uh, maybe some Chikara guys coming up at some point. I don't want to say that that's going to happen, but I know conversations have taken place. So I don't know, um, but I, I definitely see that there's uh, I definitely see something happening there. It's it's not like there's nothing going on at all. It's not like some of those other shows where I see photos from the rock pile um, for the the CWO or the NSW shows where there's only like a smattering of like 15 or 20 people. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, those people want to go and see a show and the boys are giving them a show. And as long as the guys are getting paid, that's all that fucking matters to me. You yep. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, like as long as the boys are getting paid for the work they're putting in. But I just, I don't know. I, I think I, I feel like we've got something going on. We're not, uh, we've got something going on. And, and 
that's all I'm gonna I'm really gonna go at it that much. I don't want to be the guy that I used to be when I was working at Alpha One and just saying, no, we're the best in Ontario, and that's the that's the end of the story. Because that ended up just being detrimental for me in the end of the day, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, because I'm yeah. I'm pretty much lucky to be living living where I am right right now, and I. I think in the future London is going to be uh, a hot spot for wrestling, like it like it was, like it was oh, way, so. way back way I back when. I really hope so, man. I mean, like there's um, you have a school that's not too far away, like Crossbody's. What that's Cam- that's Cambridge, right? Yeah, and we also have Dukes, yeah. right? In uh, Dukes uh, wrestling. Oh, Dukes is training people in London now too. So yeah, and I who- mean, yeah, I would suggest that you're probably that the the resurgence is going to hit you guys sooner than later as well. But this is what we're, from what we're saying at the beginning of this whole question that you asked me before we diverged into a bunch of other bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that Cody Rhodes and, and two other guys uh, in the Young Bucks are able to book a building, sell it out, and have completely all independent talent on the show, basically, that's pretty phenomenal stuff. Um, and I mean, it's not all independent talent, but I mean... Would you consider some guys from New Japan independent? Yeah, because I guess they also work other places as well. So you know what I mean. But yeah, because that's... they're uh, they're bringing Okada in. Okay, so that's it's one not... guy from New Japan. Yeah, and they're bringing. Um... And the Bucks, I guess, count as New Japan, and Kenny Omega uh, counts. As does New Japan. all the Bullet Club guys count as New Japan talent because they're yeah. all technically signed there too? Yeah, and uh, Os- Os- Osprey's there. And... Yeah, so we're looking at yeah. we're looking at a mixture of New Japan talent, Ring of Honor talent, and and the best of the independents. And like, let's not, I mean, again, say what you want about Ethan Page, but the guy's on that pre-show. Yes, just so as uh... whether or not whether or not that's because he booked Cody Rhodes for as long as he did, or whether the guy is actually he's he's greased the right palm. Who cares? I mean, the the fact is he's on the show. Um, so I mean, that says something as well. I mean, it is what it is, but. It's. I just. I think we're in a position now, especially where um, independent talent is definitely being looked at a little bit more, more um, deliberately. I think the other thing as well is that we're also at a point where WWE is not hiring the average guy. Um, I know when I was growing up, you you look at a guy like um, Jim Neidhart, and I always thought, okay, well, like Jim Neidhart can be a pro wrestler, and that was about my body size when I played football in high school. So to a point, I'm like, okay. I might be able to take a crack at this thing because I was the size of Jim Neidhart. Then you move along to, say, like the mid-90s and then into the 2000s and whatnot, and everybody there is jacked and has a 9 out of 10 body or like an 8.5 out of 10. And you're just you're not working there unless you're, you're ripped up, you know what I mean? And then it gets to a point where, okay, so that's just not going to be a factor. We're in a situation now where, like, two of the biggest guys working at the company are not really the most athletic dudes but I mean not that they're not athletic I shouldn't say that that's completely now I just melted myself um, <laughs> but no like they're too, they're not typically the kind of guy you would see at the top of our cards back in the day they're, a guy like Samoa Joe wouldn't have fought uh, a Steve Austin or, a, or a, the Rock because of just based on the way he looked he wouldn't have even got a look at the company you know what yeah. I mean so we're we're in a different it's a different life altogether now and I think it's I think it's definitely smarter better for the boys I think the guys that are working at the big company are definitely smarter than they've ever been uh, they've got outside interests wrestling is not the only thing that they're worried about they've all got they all seem to have like an, a side business or a side hustle or whatever it's not a bad thing um, look at Xavier Woods the guy broke a Guinness Book of World Record the other day um, for his YouTube channel so I mean. Take it for what it is. The business has changed to the point now where I think everybody has realized that it is a business. And independent wrestlers are also doing the same thing. I don't remember when I was going to indie shows back in my day and watching Ricky Stardust and Bill Scully and beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) Um, Like, I don't ever remember guys working as much on their merch or their t-shirts and shit like that as they do now. And uh, obviously that's for the better. Because if, if the boys are making money, that's the important thing here. Yeah. But I got to say, all in, I'm actually going to be to be watching it. So. And, oh, absolutely. I'll watch oh, that. God. I mean, there's no reason for me not to. I don't know that I'll watch it live. Um, but I will try to watch the whole thing. I'm, 
no I'm honestly I'm going to be uh, going to going to edit this part out but I'm actually called I'm supposed to be working 12 to 10 that day I'm going to call in sick for the first time <laughs> oh it would be the first time I've done something like that man so I, I'm completely with you oh yeah but yeah, um, sure. I just want to want to want to throw 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 a couple uh, complete random random question question at you now uh, why is the Havoc the best G.I. Joe vehicle ever? <laughs> I don't think the Havoc is the best G.I. Joe vehicle ever. Really? Okay. I don't agree with you. Nothing Which one? Nothing can stop the Havoc. Nothing can stop the Havoc. Exactly. Um, no, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not dissuading the Havoc. I, I owned a Havoc. Uh, actually, yep. recently, up until a little while ago. Um, no, I do not think that the Havoc is the best, unfortunately. Um, I'm I'm really big on the uh, the tactical battle pl- the transportable tactical bl- battle platform. Okay. And I know that's not a vehicle, but it can move and it can be placed at different places. So I'm yeah. a, I thought that was of my entire collection. That was probably one of the things that I had the most fun playing with. Um, even as an adult, kind of just playing around with it a little bit. Yeah. And I owned an original headquarters too. Oh wow. So I mean, yeah, I liked it. Um, as far as actual vehicles, though, I'm I'm really about of the later vehicles. I really dig the Cobra Mamba. Okay. Um, but of the GI Joe vehicles, uh, Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder is the greatest uh, is the greatest GI Joe vehicle of all time. Really, R- Rolling Thunder? Rolling Thunder. It's got uh, two giant twin rockets. It's yep. got like detachable little little scout car. Uh, it's got tons of guns, tons of places for you to put more Joes. Plus, it's got the hitch, so if you've got like the MMS or any of those other like oh, any uh, of the hitch up any things, other, you can hook them to the back and any other trailers. Yeah. yeah, actually, another one I really liked, which made no sense now that I look back at it, the Snowcat. I have a Snowcat. I have an original Snowcat still. Oh really? Um, I don't hate the Snowcat, uh, but yeah, if you were if you were one of those guys hanging on the back or the sides of that thing um, where they had the foot pegs. You would have been totally destroyed by if they launched <laughs> one of those missiles. Oh yeah, it just um like the backblast would have killed you. Uh, it wasn't the I had the or the the original Snowcat. I it was the first actually oh, that's I had the an first original one. Snowcat, but I also had the Tiger Force uh the Tiger Force Snowcat. Ah, uh, the Tiger Force one I just didn't get. I'm like, why are they putting this in sand? This was because they still got a mold and they got to put it out, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta say that toys that made us thing on Netflix. It's a good show. Oh, yeah. um, but I I really follow this great uh, series on YouTube called Retro Blasting, and I think they're in the they're from Kentucky, but I'm not entirely sure. They don't have like crazy accents, um, but they're they are living in the states, and they do cover like so much as far as like cartoons and toys and stuff like that, and it's like really deeply in depth. I almost feel as though somebody watched Retro Blasting for like a couple of days on YouTube and was like, I can pitch this to Netflix. And then they <laughs> did. And their theme song's not even half as good as Retro Blasting. So, yeah. Um, I've been bugging Hamilton Comic Con to try and get those guys to come up and do a panel for a while because they, they want to travel to Canada. And it's, it's something that they've been wanting to experience. And Hamilton having like two really awesome vintage toy shops and a toy museum that'd be a good thing for them to come and check out but who knows uh i suggest things to people nobody listens to me anymore hey <laughs> whatever <laughs> hey i'm not complaining man i i shouldn't be so i shouldn't be so downtrodden but oh, it's no. just yeah i yeah whatever i'm not involved so it doesn't really have anything to do with me yep. but yeah i just um I mean, yeah, man. GI Joe's. That's a, that was a good time for a little while. Um, I had a good little collection. I most of it I picked up off of one guy. I'll be honest. And uh, really, the reason that I picked up the vintage collection off this guy was because I had a good collection of 25th anniversary and 30th anniversary figures. And uh, I was about putting the newer figures with the older vehicles because they weren't going to be releasing them until they started like releasing the Tomahawk and then the Cobra Moccasin and everything. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. I got to get me a Cobra. I got to get me a Water Moccasin. And I yep. did. And then, like, I, the, I will say I didn't go out of my way and buy one of those Eagle Hawks or Tomahawk remakes that they did. Um, G.I. Joe got really difficult to buy here in Canada after a while when Hasbro stopped like supplying Toys R Us regularly and now we're in this weird place 
place where they had all those like American exclusives, but now there isn't even a Toys R Us for them to do. G.I. Joe's pretty much disappeared off the shelf altogether for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's like a cheap version of it that's like Sentinel One or like the Core and stuff like that. They're okay. Um, I'm still kind of like familiar with a couple of people on like the customs pages and stuff. Like I used to watch guys like um, do up those core vehicles or like the um, Soldier Force or whatever, like the Chat May toys that come out. And I'd see people like repaint them into GI Joe vehicles and give them names and bios and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I was never so much into that so much as like I kit bashed a couple of I had like a couple of Cobra officers and stuff that I had extra parts and weapons and stuff for so I'd create little characters and I put different stuff on them um, the driver of that Cobra mech that I bought I was like yeah there's a cooler story here he's actually Japanese and like the thing plugs into the back of his head like he's an exo squad guy and my friends are like what and I'm like <laughs> oh yeah that's just made it up we only stop playing because we get older. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to deny maybe throwing on some of the old Sunbow cartoon and hang out. Like when I lived in Brantford, I had a, a separate room that was just full of G.I. Joes. And I will not deny throwing on some the old Sunbow cartoon and watching maybe the Serpentor series and just like kind of like moving my stuff around the room and whatnot. So, I wouldn't consider it playing, but maybe uh, maybe just redisplaying. Yep. I gotta say, the whole Serpenter story is my favorite thing on. Like, I'm I'm a huge Transformers guy, but Serpenter. Oh, dude, so I was. Oh, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was about it. Um, as a kid, I was into Transformers. Um, and I I owned the original DVD series, like the Rhino, the Rhino Kids DVD release. That's how far back I go. Oh wow. Um, and I owned like all of those on DVD at one point, and then I. I, I was collecting the the Japanese, like before Funko was doing blind boxes, by the way, kids. Um, <laughs> Takara was making Transformer PVC figures in blind boxes that were just maddening. And that was pissing me off to no end. <laughs> <laughs> and I got into that, like I will admit, I'm bad about blind boxes now. I'm so much about, oh my God, I have to know what's inside. I have to know what's inside. <laughs> So I have like I have a bunch of Star Wars mystery minis, and I've got a couple of the wrestling mystery minis because they weren't really around all that much. Um, I've got like some DC bombshell girls that came in cans that I just I found somewhere. I just I'm into a blind bag. I'm into that sort of a thing. It's, so um, it's the like, I had I had a pile of those um, Takara ones that um, Transformers put out, or the Transformers ones that Takara put out. And I ordered them from Japan online. It was my very first online purchase, and somehow they got, like, lost in Sweden or something. It was just, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Eventually I got them, and I was like, oh, these are cool. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm like, I spent way too much money on this stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> buyers buyers read more remorse. I... Yeah, it happens, man. Oh, yeah. It does. But, I mean, I'll be honest. <sighs> For the most part, the only stuff, like the only real toy stuff that I'm collecting now, um, I've I've gotten bad with the Funko Pops. Oh, and God, I yeah. told myself I wasn't going to, man. Um, I really, I did. I, I, I swear, Gilmy, I said to myself, I'm not going to do this, man, because I saw where it started, and I'm like, these are just beanie babies, and... I got a few, man. <laughs> they they multiplied really quickly. Yep. And and like, okay, here's the thing. I bought one. I bought a Macho Man Randy Savage, and I bought it at a Boxing Day sale. And I'm like, okay, that's it. Not gonna buy anymore. Not gonna buy anymore. And then I was in Bounty Hunter Toys in Hamilton, and I saw Jay and Silent Bob, and the two of them are sitting there, and I'm like, I love Kevin Smith movies. Who doesn't love a Kevin Smith movie? If you Exactly. So, and uh, certainly there are fans of the younger age range as well. And so I grabbed both of them. And I'm like, great. And maybe one day they'll come up with Clerks ones and I'll grab those and that'll be the end of it. No more. Okay. No. Because then I saw Venkman and Slimer a couple of months later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love the Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters are awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just get Venkman and Slimer because, like, they go together. And I mean, why would I collect the rest of them? I'm not going to get the rest of them. I'm not going to. Yeah, 
so now I have um, one of the versions of the Stay Puff. I got Jeff Tyler Smith to help me out, and he got me a three-pack that came with, like, the Demon Dog and Lewis Tully and Dana Barrett. <laughs> I've got Winston driving the car. I've got Stans. I've got Egon. I've got, yeah. So, and then the wrestling ones got going to a point where I started like grabbing a couple of them here and there. I didn't even want a bunch of them, man. I swear I didn't. <laughs> but then we were, I was, uh, what happened with the wrestling ones, I only owned the, the Macho Man Randy Savage one. And then I was at a shop and they had a loose CM Punk. Oh. And I was like, okay, you know what? He doesn't even work there anymore. I keep them all loose anyways. I'm just going to grab this CM Punk. What? He's like three bucks. Who fucking cares? So I did. You got CM Punk for three bucks? Yeah, CM oh, Punk wow. Funko. Um, you know that, Funko. you know, even out of box, that guy's worth like 100, 100 plus now, right? Is he? Well, yeah. that's great. He's not going. It's not like the special one or anything. He's in uh, He's in the blue and the black tights. Yep. I mean, I've got him, but I mean, I, he's not going anywhere. Um, so I bought those and I was like, okay, I'm not going to get any more. And then the Sheiky one came out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Yep. And I was like, oh, man, stop it. Stop it. <sighs> and, yeah, so now, like, looking at my shelf right now, um, I have a Macho Man Randy Savage. I have a Macho Man that is the FYE exclusive that has, like, the the special bandana, the yellow glasses, and the purple tights. Oh, yeah. Um I have him set aside. He's in his box. He will not come out because he's exclusive. I'm just going to leave him as is. Um, but I have the first Macho Man. He's out on my shelf. They're all sitting on my VHS shelf, like amidst my, my WWF wrestling tape, VHS tapes. Um, I have a Jake the Snake and an Andre. I have a Bret Hart. I have uh, the Sheiky. I have Piper. I have the Punk, as I mentioned. I got a Foley and uh, a Flair. So, yeah, like, they all just kind of exploded. And then I got some of the mystery minis. So I got a Sheik, um, uh, a George the Animal Steel, which was weird because he, like, died, like, a, shortly after I got him, which was really weird. Um, I got an Andre the Giant. I got a couple of the newer ones, and I got rid of them because I didn't want them. Uh, there was, like, a John, like a John Cena for every series that they did. Yeah. Um, they and changed. then I got The Rock and The Undertaker. And... Um, Wade Buswell, who's a fan of a bunch of different shows, you've met him before. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I traded him uh, my extra Andre the Giant for the for the Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then, uh, like, at the top of my collecting shelf, I have a Batman shelf, and it's just full of different Batman shit. So I have, like, a Superpowers Batman uh, Batmobile. I have, oh, the wow. superpow I have the Kenner Superpowers Batman, the Kenner Superpowers Joker, uh, I am looking for a penguin and a Riddler at some point, but it's certainly not need to be anytime soon by any means. And then it's literally just littered with a bunch of other Batman stuff that I've got. Like a, there's some mystery minis, there's some vinyl figures, a couple of pet dispensers. Uh, I have some of the Batman Public Enemies figures that DC Direct put out. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. I also started collecting those... Um, blind boxes of DC super friends that came with like their pets. So I didn't even finish the series, but I got a whole shitload of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the other thing that I'm kind of like, I've slowed down on the collecting of it because I bought like a, I bought a massive lot from a fan here in Hamilton actually. And it was, um, VHS tapes and magazines. So I have, in my den, like my wall is made up of the 87s, the 86, um, no, the 87s, the 88s, and the 89 magazines um, from WWF. And I have pretty much all of the 88s, pretty much all of the 89s. Um, I'm missing a couple of 87s. But yeah, like the covers are awesome. I have them in frames on the wall. I'm hoping to get more of them signed. But as time goes on, it gets more and more difficult to get these signed because guys go missing and whatnot, you know? Oh, yeah. So, which is a tough one. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's about it as far as, like, the actual stuff I'm collecting now. Um, I was really lucky. My girlfriend got me one of those DC Direct um, subscription boxes before that thing stopped. So I got one of those, uh, I got a Funko 
Nightwing. I got a bunch of other New Teen Titans stuff that was just random as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's the collecting thing. I was really bad. I got really bad in the 90s when, like, Toy Biz had a million different X-Men lines. (laughs) (laughs) So that was when it started for me. And then I sold off most of it um, before I went into college. And I didn't collect anything more for a really long time. And then Transformers reissues came out. And I was like, oh, shit. So I grabbed a Thundercracker and a Jazz, and that was it. I was done. I wasn't getting any deeper into it than that. <laughs> and now they're reissuing them all over again. Yep. Walmart exclusives. Yeah, I really want to pick up the Rodimus. Uh, the Starscream? The Starscream, the Rodimus. Everybody's about the Starscream because he comes with the, the Megatron in gun mode. Ooh. You didn't know this? No, um, I've actually been avoiding them, uh, looking oh, them up. Oh, no, you should definitely go looking, man, because they're awesome looking. They, they no, look because great. Um, uh, I want my wife to not leave me. <laughs> oh, sure. No, no, it's I kid, man, I kid. But I've been... Um, Dude, I get it. I'm in, a, <laughs> I'm in a relationship with somebody who doesn't... She very much is about, like, why can we not have, like, memories and experiences instead of items? And I agree with her. Don't get me wrong. Yep. I agree. But shit is cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um all right. I just it's bought cool. I just bought a nineteen ninety one Power Masters Op- Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. The one with the voice box? No, uh no, the one no, no, it's with, the, the... with the little white and gray guy who goes in the engine. Yes. Yeah, that's Power the Master Optimus Prime. Yeah, I, okay. I know yes. exactly what you're talking because about. Because that yeah. was that was the toy from uh, all right. Time to get a little, little senti, senti, sentimental, but uh, that toy... Oh, my, I got, I got uh, them for Christmas the year yeah. he came out, man. I get it. It's uh, It was the last thing my grandfather bought me before he passed. Oh, I'm sorry, man. No, no. But, that's yeah, why no, it's... No, I totally like, get it. Um, I got one for Christmas the year it came out. Um, I got a bunch of Transformers stuff that year and some G.I. Joe stuff, actually. Um, it was like the end of the runs. Like Power yep. Master Optimus Prime is where we're starting to get into pretenders and yep, that was the last. Uh, I I would say. Stock. Oh God, they're terrible. I'm not I got I got a couple of those, and then the they put the Micro Masters out. And yeah, my um, I had a friend when I was like in grade four, grade five, who was super into the Micro Masters, and I didn't get it. Like I just didn't understand why we were shrinking our toys down all of a sudden. But I mean, not that yep. there was anything wrong with it. He was just he had a couple of the bases and stuff, and I'm like, I get it. I just I want to play with Mask now. And so yep. and that was the thing. <laughs> I got into I got into as a kid. I think I had I was a lucky kid, man. I I won't. I'm probably the definition of white privilege in that. Like I grew up in Ancaster in a pretty affluent neighborhood. Um, my dad owned a a chain, uh, well, he owned like three of his own video stores um, from like 80 into like 99. So, even even into like maybe the, yeah, like maybe, uh, it might have been earlier than that. He might have even closed it like 97 or 98. But, um, I mean, he had a hell of a run and like there's no question about like the, financially he did really well for a while. So there's no question about that. Should he have moved into some other technologies probably sooner? Yes. No question of that. But hindsight being 2020, that is what it is. Yeah. So, but as a kid, though, I I really did not want for very much. Um, so when it came down to it, we had everything from, we had G.I. Joe's, we had Transformers, um, we had rich kid toys like Playmobil. <laughs> like my parents <laughs> would start like flexing the Playmobil muscle and it's like, ah, it's educational and and uh, no, you were buying it because it was expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, like, I remember specifically getting Cat's Lair on a Christmas morning and my dad having to go to the neighbor to get a specific, like, he had to go and get a, a new another screwdriver because he didn't have one to, to get the laser thing working. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we were super into Thundercats. Hey, guys, I just want to say thanks for listening all 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 the way through. Hope you like the uh, change of it in music, more of a 80s com- or commercial vibe. I got another one on the back end here, which is, I I, I think a nice nice little change from just uh, doing doing music all the all the time. I just want to say again, 
check out Tabby Lynn on the Sensi page, guys. She, she is ha having an amazing fundraiser this year. Go, just go, uh, go check it out. Like the, like the uh, page. And once again, thank you for the Love Shop for advertising on 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 the show this uh, season. We're going to have some fun with with uh, with with that one, guys. And I just want to say thank you, Jeff, for Wolf, Wolf coming on. It was a little bit overdue on on my book, but also I just didn't I didn't really ask. And I just want to say, guys, I do have a part two to this come coming up. Which is going 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 to be just as just as much fun. Once again, go like us on Podbean, iTunes, Sketcher, whatever you're where you're listening to on 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 this. Give 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 the show a share share or two if 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 you guys want. And yes, Tom is coming back, guys. I gotta tell ya, he's coming. You don't have to be asking and questioning, and because I know you guys love love hearing about the uh, the the Ontario indie indie lineup, and I have a couple couple guests already lined up lined up for this uh, this season. And once again, if you need to get a hold of me for advertising or anything like that, it's Justin M Gilmet at gmail.com. Gilmet is spelled G U I L M E T T E. And I just want to say thank you to everybody for 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 listening to this. And here's here's another GI Joe commercial from you guys, full of more 80s 80s good goodness. Once again, thanks very much for for listening, guys. And I will get part two up quick as I as I can. Kids are back in school, so I can do more editing, more on time. I have some time during 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 the day, which is which is a which is nice. But also, I still gotta gotta do do all the all 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 the regular household stuff when I'm home. Help out as as much as I can and uh, what or whatnot. But once again, thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. is a fast attack copter with laser guns and missiles on both sides. There's a persuader attack! The Mamba holds three Cobras and the sides detached to become separate attack pods. Triple threat to me is yet Cobra Mamba! Cobra! Yo, Joe! Live the adventure of G.I. Joe, Cobra Mamba, and other vehicles and figures sold separately. Go, Joe!